When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Why am I with Seabus Super? Because I'm a builder and they take care of me. Well, I had an accident on the work site and they helped me out, no worries. Yeah, they helped me out real fast. Mate, they just get me. Because they are for all of us. Seabus, for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, visit cbussuper.com.au for a copy of the PDS. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell you. This is the final word. World Cup Daily, day 43. There is but one match to go in the World Cup. The second last was done today. The semi-final. Jeff Lemon with you. Adam Collins with me. The podcast brought to you by Seabus Super, Industry Super Fund. Hitting your retirement for six. Seabussuper.com.au. Adam Collins. Australia. England. They played each other at Birmingham, at Edge Baston, the Baston of Edges. What happened? Tell us about it in 30 seconds or less. What an underwhelming game from an Australian perspective anyway. England, sensational. They win by eight wickets because they bowled Australia out for 223 and chased it down with 107 balls to spare. They took the first three wickets for the space of 14 runs and that set the trend. Steve Smith saved things to a certain extent with 85, but when Jason Roy got hold of that target, he absolutely dominated 85 off 65 balls. He didn't need much support. He got it from Bairstow, Root and Morgan. The end for Australia. England are off to Lords. England's bowling, uh, the, the bit that maybe needs a bit more of a razz from that because, my mm. Lord, were they good. The, oh, yeah. the way they started, Australia won the toss, elected to bat, probably the right decision. It looked a reasonable batting pitch, maybe not an absolute road, but um, a pretty decent surface. And nonetheless, England came at them, Wokes and Archer with 
pace, with accuracy, with ferocity, and uh, started getting wickets almost straight away. It reminded me of a morning one of a test match pitch, not a road at the start of a one-day international, and they took full advantage of that. There was extra bounce on offer early on, which almost vanished entirely after the first 10 or 12 overs, uh, which reflected how well Wokes and Archer bowled up front. Uh, it's hard to separate them, but to put it in perspective, Archer, first ball to Aaron Finch, you have to target his front pad. That's precisely what he did angling back leg before wicket. Not only out first ball, but review gone as well, which didn't end up being that important, but still a massive psychological blow dealt there when they were on four. And, and the, someone asked, what, does that make it a special kind of duck? Is that better than a diamond duck? Is well, it a, well, yeah, is a, a golden duck with a review gone. The we, titanium duck, yeah, like we, the we credit card with the like million that. dollar limit duck. <laughs> well, either way, that's what that was the fate of the captain. It was hitting middle stump, so no reprieve there. Um, David Warner done in by an excellent, Excellent piece of Chris Wokes bowling. They call him the Brummy Botham in these parts. Of course, he loves this ground. It's his home ground for Warwickshire, and he bowled accordingly. The ball to get Warner, the elevation. Warner tried to get out of the stroke at the last minute, but it was all too late. Snaffled at first slip. And then Peter Hanscom was castled by Wokes as well, albeit off the inside edge. But he was at sea there with his bat and pad a long way from each other, mostly done by the fact that he'd been set up beautifully through the previous couple of overs. So 14 for three, they were in all sorts. So Smith... Fantastic patient innings. He was, I think he was seven off 34 balls or something like that. He completely put it away alongside Alex Carey, who continues to impress. Carey fell after they put on 103. Just at that point, Jeff, I felt as though the ground here were mm. were, were turning. They, they felt as though they'd blown a, a, an unbelievable start, really, when Australia were 117 for three. But Carey holds out to Adil Rashid. A couple of balls later, Marcus Stoinis has pinned leg before by a fantastic googly by the leg spinner for nothing. I think a duck off two balls or something like that. Um, they put on a little bit of a stand, Maxwell and Smith, but then Maxwell fell to a genius bit of bowling from Jofra Archer. It won't look like it in the book uh, with Maxwell out for 22, caught in the covers, but um, the knuckleball to roll that out in a World Cup semi-final is a brave play, and he just landed it to perfection. I don't think I've ever seen him bowl a knuckleball before, and if he has, it's not been on the international mm. arena. So that was superb bowling. Pat Cummins shortly after that. Mitchell Stark with Smith. I think England fans were thinking again, oh gee, they're going to get 240 or 250 here, but they cleaned off the tail. Again, it was Chris Wokes who picked up Stark, a run out to get rid of Smith on 85, and then the last wicket to fall, that of Mark Wood, uh, sorry, that of Jason Berendorf, bowled by Mark Wood, ended it in 49 overs. So they didn't bat out their compliment. And then you give that sort of task to Jason Roy and Johnny Bairstow. They could have gone about it two different ways, Jeff, and I was really impressed by the way that they batted conservatively when they needed to early on. So they were taking no risks. They played at a couple of maidens from memory. But as soon as they flicked the switch, um, Australia had no chance. They, they're just too strong. They're just too good. And they only needed to make a dent uh, to make the psychological challenge even bigger for Australia. And that's exactly what they did. You look at the two uh, contrasting innings, 85 to Smith, 85 to Roy. And you know one was in a team that was cruising and, and one was in a team that was absolutely battling. Alex Carey, um, just huge respect for him. I've mm. noticed people on the internet love Alex Carey now. I wonder if he'll get milkshake ducked in the next sort of <laughs> five minutes at some point. <laughs> Something terrible he said in the past will come out. But he's he got smashed in the face by Joffrey Archer. Short ball, really nasty one. It got up. Uh, Carey was his left-hander. He was getting the elbow up trying to play defensively off the back foot and it came through the gap in his arm. If you imagine someone with a raised elbow, it sort of hit the underside of his bicep and then smashed into the side of his face um, and got through the grill and hit him in the jaw and, and split his jaw open, knocked his helmet off which nearly went back onto the stumps. He caught it before it, in his free hand while holding the bat in the other hand. In his left hand, he catches the helmet before it hits the stump. 
Phillips immediately calmly signals to the room, has them come out and pop in seven or eight stitches into his face out on the field, and then continues batting. Yeah, and they mummified him like Derek Randall in the centenary test with his head bandaged up around the jaw, and he continued on and batted with such poise. I mean, the way he got out... Um, caught in the deep after dancing at Adil Rashid. That was the exception. Uh, the rule was that he showed complete control. He only struck four boundaries, but again, that's kind of what we've been accustomed to with Kerry. He does the bulk of his work uh, through the field and was the perfect partner for Smith at the time. And had they been able to have batted for maybe five or six more overs together, I'm not saying it would have been a different result, but it would have been a different mm. kind of chase. Well, people were nervous. I was doing the over-by-over on The Guardian, and the English readers writing in were very restless towards the end of the, the, the Carey-Smith partnership. They were anxious. And then even in the Maxwell-Smith partnership, because you know that was starting to swell a little bit, Maxwell took on Rashid, smashed him for several boundaries, looked good against the spinner, and then, as you say, got that ball that stopped in the deck. Just, he was just trying to play a back-foot defensive shot. He was trying to be a good boy and do the right thing like everybody wants him to do and just play a sort of defensive check shot, and the ball stopped on him and just popped up to to cover because he was through the defensive shot too early. and But it, even at the point that he was batting with Stark, I was having people writing in saying, oh, God, they're going to do it to us again, aren't they? They're going to they're going to make 260 and bowl us out. Yeah, um, our colleague John Norman from TalkSport said it's muscle memory. When you're an England fan and you're in a semi-final, you're just conditioned to things going wrong, and especially after that explosive start where the, the ground was heaving. Although maybe not heaving as much as it otherwise would have been had it been full, but that's a whole different debate which we won't bother getting into today, I don't think. But it was a bit odd that there were a lot of seats available today but anyway um the 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 rally from australia that can be quite painful if you just look at the scorecard then and see 117 for three you'd say england well on top but because australia's rally came they put on 103 it felt the other way and then yeah that rashid intervention which was considerable and significant he's ended up with three for 54 from his 10 a maligned bowler through this tournament we thought he couldn't bowl the googly anymore because of his sore shoulder but uh, he had different ideas bowling to marcus stoinis that was a lovely setup too the first ball well outside the off stump with catching man at short cover another at backward point he chose to pat it back and then Next one, spearing back from well outside the off stump. A brave decision from umpire Damasena, which was a correct one because um, it was hitting the stump and hitting him in line. So um, fair play to Adil Rashid for doing it when it counted most. Yeah, he's had a lot of pressure on him and was able to, to make those key strikes. And then, you know, as we said, Archer at the top, but then coming back in the middle and, and Wokes coming back at the end to bowl so well. Um, it, it was We've all focused on England's batting through this tournament. That's their trump card that's their strongest mm. suit but it was their bowlers who won them the match today and then Roy who just made it just put it beyond doubt you know you could have had that thing an older England side would have come out and got nervous and 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 battled around and got you know 16 off the first 10 and suddenly been in trouble and lost a couple of wickets and away you go and Roy was like nah nah it's good we've got this he was he was clinical as soon as Nathan Lyon came on first ball from Lyon banged down the ground yep. over his head for six they brought Steve Smith on to try to gamble that over went for 21 three, Massive. that third six three, sixes, three in a row that yeah. it was not far from our commentary box up here it, it, it was, was above your commentary box. I was up, I was the floor above you in the press box and it came up as high as I was and I thought it was going to hit the glass of the press box and then it veered off at late with the wind hit the stand on the fourth floor bounced back into the field of play at which point Glenn Maxwell at long on caught it one handed off the building and it was like one hand one bounce <laughs> I missed that that's a real nomination for Hall of Fame stuff right if, if we were still running the Hall of Fame then well let's just say that was the Hall of Fame moment let's just yeah. note it for the record yep. that Maxwell taking a catch one hand one bounce off the stand he's without a doubt Hall of Fame worthy off the grandstand but it was incredible yeah three so there was it was Bearstow so the Smith over is Bearstow smears 
as a, a four down the ground absolutely hammers it. Maxwell sprints across, puts in a brilliant save, yeah, yeah. keeps him to one, and you think, oh, good work keeping him to one. Would have been better off letting it go for four because that brings Roy on strike, who goes just over Maxwell's head. Then he goes dead straight for another six, and then he hits the grandstand and bounces it back in. Yeah. So three in a row. If it wasn't game over before, then I think that overtook them beyond one hundred, and it just psychologically, you know, the hundred stand, mm-hmm. uh, the way that Roy was going, he went past fifty. I think maybe the over before that, so it just left it without any meaningful doubt. I mean, Stark eventually did get Bairstow with leg before wicket, and Roy was given out terribly, really, an awful decision by umpire Darmasena. Cummins convinced him um, to, to give it out, caught down the leg side off the shoulder, but the bat was nowhere near it, and Roy wasn't able to review, and he, he did review, actually, and then um, umpire Darmasena did signal the TV screen, which yeah. suggests that he didn't know that um, Bairstow had already soaked he, up the review. He was rattled. He was definitely rattled, because so uh, he the, the appeal was so vociferous, that, and Darmasena waited quite a while, he, you know, to the point where we all assumed it was not out and then he raised his finger but his hand was shaking I noticed he mm, was mm. he was kind of hesitantly going oh wait I guess I think it is out like he was try- had changed his mind and, and as you say Roy immediately signals T-Bone and Damasena immediately signals TV screen and then has the third umpire in his ear saying uh, they can't do that they've already used it they've yep. already blown it but the funny bit about that was it was Roy who told Besto to review his leg before when he was absolutely <laughs> plumb I didn't know so, that I didn't, I didn't pick up on that that well, was Roy's intervention was it well I mean you've got to go through your partner at the other end if your partner, I guess, yeah. if your partner yeah, says sure. no keep walking his opening partner said sure give it a go hoping it had pitched outside leg perhaps but it was plumb and there was no way they should have been reviewing it so kind of um, made their own bed in that case but you know, I have a lot of sympathy for the umpire in that case. It was it was a millimetre away from his glove. He very nearly gloved it as it went through um, after it flicked his shoulder. So I can understand why you'd say that there was probably some glove in it and, and give that out. But, yeah. um, you know, umpires are affected by whether a team has a review left, I reckon. And he, he must have thought England had one. Therefore, it was okay to give it and they could challenge it if, if it was wrong. Yeah, the psychology of that is interesting. If he didn't know that, would he be given it not out and left the onus on the Australians yeah. to use their review? And I suspect... That, that may have been the case. I'm not sure how they adjudicate who will umpire the final, but um, if it is a competition, a competition between Alim Dar, Mariah Rasmus, and and umpire Kumar Sangakara, who did Kumar Sangakara, Kumar Damasena. <laughs> could so, be umpire Kumar Sangakara. He's I, a translator, he's it, a commentator, this, he could do anything. Pop a, him out there. This has been a long few days. You might Get be able to pick up from him. our voices. Get the straw um, hat on. Yeah. On well, well, it can't be the Richards, can it? Because England have made the final. So mm. Illingworth and Kettlebrough are out of the equation. Mm. Uh, and in, no the, dicks. And Gaffney is also out of the equation yep. too because of New Zealand applied. So. Um, but anyway, enough umpire chat. The guts of it is, is that Roy, chat. Roy. I mean, again, just to sort of back over something I said in the start, they they didn't go at Australia like they knew they could take their time a little bit more, and then they broke them when they saw a little bit of vulnerability. And the fact that Stark was impotent today compared to usual, he hasn't been that good really with the new ball. I mean, occasionally he's done stuff with the new ball, but it's mostly been with the old ball. And uh, they needed him to do it the other way around today, and he wasn't able to. Berendorf wasn't able to generate quite the same swing um, that he had earlier uh, against England at Lords a couple of weeks ago and by the time you got into the change bowlers Cummins did nothing wrong really um, they went after Lyon initially and, and Smith as you say and Stoinis only bowled a couple of overs so it ended pretty quickly in the end 107 balls um, is, is the more stark number than a win by 8 wickets 107 balls they did the job in 32.1 overs had they batted their full allotment they might have gotten near 400 which, um, <laughs> which puts them in very nice touch heading into a final at Lords against New Zealand and, uh, and heading towards the end of the World Cup as we are. A, a little bit of news as well. Uh, but th- this is our producer, Jay Mueller, will be hearing this for the first time on this recording as well. <laughs> I think we've pretty much decided we're going to uh, do 
this project through the ashes. We're going to do an Ashes Daily, uh, as we've done a World Cup Daily, as long as Jay's willing to get on board. Yeah, I can add to that. Uh, thanks to Seba Super, who have just been absolutely remarkable supporters of this podcast through the World Cup. We will be continuing through the ashes. We're really thrilled to uh, to announce that today on the show. So um, if you've enjoyed what we've done during the World Cup, we'll be back for the, the women's test at Taunton. Uh, is it next week? I yeah, have no idea. You could, tell me, you could tell me it was a year away. I wouldn't know. My, my body clock is so out of kilter with the rest of the actual planet right now. And then the... And then the test matches when the men play uh, initially here in Edgebaston and on to Lords and Leeds and Manchester and then back to London at the Oval in mid-September. So yep. a I lot think, more I World Cup we'll probably daily. not do them on like nine off days between test matches, no, but no, let's no, just no. do them during the test yeah, matches. Yeah, I think we will do them on the five days in, <laughs> of each of the test matches or the playing <laughs> or days. Or the three days that we might get here. Um, the last thing I'll say, player of the day, I just want to say it's Chris Wakes. who's player of the match, but three for 20 off eight. They're 1999 figures, not 2019 figures. He did it early. He did it late. He's been, uh, you know, you mentioned, Jeff, about the opening batsman of England having all the focus on them how about the opening bowlers of England when they needed to step up and make it count everyone here the buzz around the crowd when Australia won the toss and elected to bat the yep. fear that went through England fans uh oh we're going to be chasing against Australia they're going to do it again mm. um, but they didn't relent to that pressure yep. with the bat but especially with the ball so I want to highlight Chris Wokes who has been outstanding through the tournament uh, at different intervals but today today he was bang on uh, player of the day for me, Alex Carey. Brave, classy, stylish, of absolute convert to his work in this World Cup. He's been wonderful. And also a Hall of Fame moment that um, we didn't mention but could have. When Steve Smith was run out after a, a wonderful hand, he played really well for his 85, got run out by Butler, dropped a ball away um, near his feet and, and tried to go through for the single. Butler came up from behind the stumps and threw down the non-striker stumps. When you watch the replay, the ball goes through Steve Smith's legs while he's running yeah, mid-stride. Mid-stride, it goes through his legs and slightly ricochets off his thigh, I reckon, and then takes the stumps out at the, the other end and he's out by an inch. Extremely unlucky. Just in closing on the first segment, I know we've got a break in a jiffy. Um, Australia met expectations, didn't they? I mean, we, we can say that they had the chance to make a World Cup final and they've won every semi they've ever played in, but have we said a month ago or two months ago Australia are making the semi-finals of this tournament? Maybe three months ago, to be fair. You would have said that's a good result. So let's keep the analysis in some check. End of part one. We'll be back. Jeff, how about this? We've got a new spin on Nerd Pledge, but it's sent through by our great mates, Seabus Super. Really? Tell me what we've got. 9.29. Okay, so that would have to be 9 for 29, which mm. would be the New Zealand batting collapse against Pakistan when Yassir Shah took 8 for. That's very good from you, spot on. But 9.29% is also Seabus Super's average annual return for their default investment option over the last 34 years. I did not anticipate that completely organic segue, goodness me. Uh, do we have another number? We do, actually, as it happens. 50. Okay, 50 is probably the most common number in cricket, maybe aside from naught, so that's not too clear. But maybe it's the good bit of Bradman's career in between the debut at the Echo where he sucked and then the last test where he made a duck. Very nice. Right again. Also, $50 billion is how much of their members' money CBUS currently have invested. Well, I've learned something new. CBUS Super, the industry super fund hitting your retirement for six. You can visit cbussuper.com.au to find out more. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. This is the final word, World Cup Daily Day 43. Australia out of the World Cup. England still in the World Cup and the good news for people who like firsts, debuts, so on and so forth, is that there will be a first-time winner of the World Cup on Sunday. Either New Zealand or England will finally shed 
a large gorilla from between the shoulder blades and get over the line for a World Cup title for the first time. Yeah, I love that. And there's a really important part of uh, uh, Sunday as far as the, 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 the English and British watching cricket public's concerned. It's on free-to-air television, which really is massive. Hopefully, everything crossed that has a sort of effect that they're hoping that it will themselves, having made this decision to let it be simulcast from Sky over to one of the free-to-air networks. So, you know, every, all, all that positive... Channel 4? Oh, they've agreed to it on 4, so I, I didn't, think I didn't it, that I think it is on 4, and it, but then they've also got the British Grand Prix on part of that day, at which point it's getting bumped to a secondary Channel 4 channel and then coming back onto the main channel. And so. it's also on during Wimbledon final as well. But, like, the men's Wimbledon final literally will clash with the World Cup final. But, you know, like, like, putting that to one side, this is a great opportunity for cricket um, with a, a bunch of people out there who just aren't exposed to full-time game, well, games all the time and of course mm. a World Cup final brings in a whole different uh, atmosphere to it too so so that that's a wonderful thing we're going to Lords again which is pretty cool for a final like that hasn't been the case since 999 of course a famous venue yeah. the um, members might actually show up to watch England in yes, a World Cup final as opposed to the Women's World Cup final where they didn't or oh, the Pakistan sure. Bangladesh game where they didn't or... <laughs> I'm sure they'll find a way to get down there this time there won't be a there won't be a spare there won't be a spare there won't be a spare seat. There's no sort of doubting that. You need to stick your head into a bucket of cold water or something. It's been one of those days. Oh, we're nearing. Yeah, I'm okay, but I wouldn't want this tournament to go much more than one more game, put it that way. <laughs> or to have to back up. Imagine if this had been another two-day. Imagine if oh. we'd been back here tomorrow. Oh, I, I don't think I could have done it. I mean, I, I would have found a way. That is my disposition, but it would have been hard done. I've got to say, um, it started to rain literally yeah. with when England needed four to win, I think. It started to rain. Um, and it was, was it root batting? And he plays a gorgeous cut shot, absolutely nails it, into the gap at Gully, and Glenn Maxwell gets airborne diving, saves it one-handed, dot ball, and the rain starts coming down, and you're like, no, please, please no, please don't, please don't let that be the point where they go off and then have to come Three back to score away. four runs. It so. could have happened, because of course Duckworth Lewis is there for them, but being a semi-final, we could have been here to late 30 at mm. night for four runs, and they would have had no way of changing it. They couldn't no. have called it off prematurely. No. Um, before we close, we should say that voting's open for one more day for the Final Word Hall of Fame. The brackets are up. It's all over the place in terms of Twitter. I love it. There's so many crazy old polls. Uh, some of them have gone in erratically different direction to what we thought others have been relatively straightforward so get on there and vote won't take you long it's on the twitter page it's also on our website please head along there to finalwordcricket.com yeah that's right go to finalwordcricket.com you'll find the links there to check out all of the entries you can remind yourself of what earned the hall of fame nomination some of them more worthy than others uh, carlos brathwaite's 100 against new zealand for instance not there because adam made a different decision that day <laughs> um, <laughs> which well, i didn't I realize was, until i was assembling them i think he was player of the day which meant i i i oh, you freed yourself up Who's to know? A nice little moment here in front of us on the ground, I should add. Joe Root's there with his young son uh, running around on the field at Edgebaston. Um, I know we see this a bit. We're very fortunate to get a, a you know a glimpse of players behind the curtain sometimes. But when they bring their, their children out to have a run around as Joe is now with his young boy, that's, that's quite touching. Really, really nice. Yeah, it almost makes you forget that we're doomed to a dystopian future when climate change destroys the world. <laughs> what a great place to leave it. That's how I feel as well. That's where we're going to have to leave it as a human, human race at some point. Uh, this has been the final word uh, world cup daily day 43 we'll be back for the last three days of the world cup when the last three days of the world cup happen if you want to check out the patron page for funding the podcast patreon.com slash the final word and if you want to vote in the hall of fame go to the website we will see you tomorrow bye i ain't breezing and i ain't george benson i ain't protected by the way i ain't fenced and if my future questions my current senses that would be the same we've been doing for centuries sorry if i ran out to empty wrote this so you know what i meant here i had to go about it, write it out and find it myself
Every day, hundreds of thousands of us are building a future we can all be proud of. For over 34 years, the growth CBUS My Super Option has returned an average of 9.29% per annum for its members while investing in projects that not only create jobs, but something better. CBUS for all of us. To consider if CBUS is right for you, go to cbussuper.com.au for a PDS. Past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance.